I want to talk this morning about advancing our Father's kingdom. Lord, we love you. You are a good Father. You lead us perfectly, Lord. I ask that you would speak to hearts this morning. I ask that you would pour out identity this morning. I ask that you would give vision this morning as to how we are to carry out the works of your kingdom, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to talk about advancing God's kingdom, and this has been something that, it's just been a slow burner in me for like the last six months, and I've got a lot, I'll just see where the Lord leads. Uh, To start with, on the slides that are there in the sermon folder, there, the prerequisite to all this is, oh, well, that's okay. I'll just talk to you. The prerequisite to all this is, there's spiritual warfare. It's real, and it's, Jesus empowers us to establish his kingdom. In Matthew 4, Uh, Starting in verse 8, it says that the devil took him, Jesus, up onto an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to them, all these things I will give to you if you fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Jesus gives us a model here that shows we ha- th- there's spiritual warfare. Satan wouldn't have offered him all, all that he had control of if there was not warfare for authority on the earth. Jesus went to pay the perfect price to give us power to carry out the works of his kingdom, to establish his kingdom, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Until the new heaven and the new earth come, He gives us the power to carry out the victory that He has won, and He will complete. But we get the privilege to step into that and advance His kingdom. So, in this warfare, it's not guaranteed that we won't have trouble. In fact, it is guaranteed that we will have trouble. And Jesus said in uh, John 16, in, the world, you, in this world you will have tribulation, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. Now, it doesn't mean that we're just to sit and have trouble, okay? But Jesus has taken, he has victory, and we get to walk into that victory with him. And not to just endure hardships, but because James 1 says that every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, who does not change. So the pretext is there's warfare. Jesus is victorious. We get to partake in that. And I want to examine it in the, in the context of the Garden of Gethsemane. So, I'm going to read uh, Matthew 26, I believe, starting in verse 36. Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. 
And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So you could not watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. I want to point out one thing is that the cup Jesus is referring to is not death, pain, right? There's Christians throughout history that went to the, their death, their martyrdom, that do today, every day, with peace and joy and pr- praising God for the opportunity. It, Jesus wasn't afraid of dying. What he took on was God's wrath, right? The, God's wrath had to be satisfied so he could take our place for all sin, okay? It's, it's a building block of our faith, and it's, I think it's always important to declare. But why would Jesus endure this? It wasn't well, the worst thing that anyone ever could endure. The perfect man endured it. He, he, we have his prayers of him saying to God how terrible this was. Well, it's interesting that in Hebrews 12 too, it says that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. For the victory that he saw beforehand, take heart for I have overcome, he endured. It doesn't, didn't make his circumstances more enjoyable or less painful. But he went to his father, he got vision, and the, the Lord gave, showed him that the joy set before him that we get to partake in, he endured the cross. Thinking about the disciples, they're going to the garden with him. He's going to watch and pray. And they just fall asleep. I mean, we can look back and be like, well, there's no pivotal, more pivotal time in history than this. Nice work, guys. But I don't know what played into that. Nighttime, they were probably just normal, they were, were just normal, hardworking guys. Maybe they were just tired. But this is Peter, the cornerstone. And he went on to do great things for the Lord. But the spirit was willing and the flesh is weak. And my point is is that we're all called to our own roles. We're all called to our own areas to watch and pray. And... After this, is Jesus goes to the cross, and the Great Commission goes out, right? So there's times where we are, what we're called to do now, or that God's preparing us to the future, that we're called to watch and to pray, and maybe, just maybe, do some practical things to make our flesh less weak. 
Maybe we, what we're called to do in this next season, we're going to have to be working 16 hours a day. Well, you're going to have to get sleep and eat decent and drink some water and be able to stay awake. But beyond that, like, what, about, what else in our flesh? Well, what about all the scripture that talks about us renewing our minds and how we do that? I think it's interesting that the model shows that it's not wrong to be, uh, some translations say, despair or great sorrow or not, not seeing that joy, right? Why else would Jesus have to go into the garden to go to his Father? He's saying, I am in despair. So it's not wrong to not feel it. It's not wrong to say, oh, I don't, I don't know how this... You know, I see Revelation 21 with the new heaven, the new earth, and there's no pain and there's no tears and everything is wiped away and there's a new heaven and a new earth and I see all these things around me that there needs to be healing here and this needs to be refreshed and look at all these things on our earth that are going wrong. I see all this wrong. It's okay to feel that. But what's the right response? Go to the Father. Watch and pray. Receive vision for the joy set before us to take on these things and in establishing the kingdom. It's our privilege to get to step into the area that God gives us to establish his kingdom because he, he, he didn't call us to just sit here and pray, okay, God, we need you to do something and just wait until the end of time, right, when everything's perfect. No, he gave us the joy of going to him first, catching vision, and then the, the, the privilege to carry out the works of the kingdom with him. I think it all goes back to we have a good father who has good things. If the way that we're called to seek God, um, I just have a, a couple examples that I want to speak to and I want to get into some practical um, applications for ourselves. And I, I really believe God wants to just give some identity and wisdom in the ways that we are called to walk and carry out the works of God's kingdom. But if you look at Matthew 6 of the Lord's Prayer, right? I, I love when pastor always revisits this, and, and he does it every so often, but just how we're called to pray, right? We set our eyes on God. Jesus was in despair. He went to the garden. He set his eyes on God, right? Father in heaven, holy is your name. I mean... Depending on how you're feeling or what you're seeing, you ever get in worship? I think a lot of us do, and you're just like, man, I don't want this to stop. Can they go a couple more hours? Like, but I mean, what about the times when we just have to sit on that holy is your name? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. You are holy. You are worthy, God. I just need to sit here and catch a vision for who you are so I can catch the joy that's set before me if I'm, if I'm feeling that there's something that I have to push through right now. And Lord, prepare me so that my, my spirit that is so willing would help my flesh to fall in line with this. So in Matthew 10, when the apostles are sent out, Jesus, you know, he gives them the instructions. Here's you're going out. If someone receives you, stay there, honor them, bless them. If, 
if you're given to an area and it's well received and you're seeing fruit, double down. Pour out as much as you can. If you step into somewhere that you feel called to and the door is slammed in your face, you're not received, what did he say? Well, that's where you feel pity for yourself and you stop doing what I said because you must have heard the wrong thing, so you should come all the way back to me and then ask me if you didn't. No, he said, shake off the dust and go on to the next place. How do we do that? we got to go to the Father. You are holy. I'm feeling this in this moment because I just ran into this roadblock. I need your vision. I need to see the joy again so I can shake this dust off and know that I'm going to see your kingdom come and it may just be in the next house, in the next town, in the next area. And the interesting thing is, I know at least previously when I had read through that Matthew 10, I was like, okay, that's the apostles sent out. That's before the Great Commission. So that's good. There's application to us. But at the end of where he sent him out in verse 23, he's where he says, you're going to be persecuted but I'm going to give you what you need. I'm going to give you what you need to say. But you will not have gone through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. I would say that probably means it extends to us today. We're still carrying this out, right? So then in Matthew 28, with the Great Commission, Jesus says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So, I've probably had a do- half a dozen or so conversations in the last few months, six months, of all authority has been given, right? Jesus said it. So then, why do we still see all this fallen earth? Right? To go back to what I was saying about the Revelation 21, where it describes a new heaven and new earth. If God has all authority. Why aren't these things just gone? I would love to hear the answer. Aside from, we are to carry out the works of the kingdom. He sent us. And he promised that he has the victory. He promised that he will be victorious. And he took on the cup of God's wrath so that we could have the power to walk. So, I think a common assumption is, if I'm praying to see breakthrough in this area, if I'm stepping out in this area and I'm just not seeing it yet, is there something wrong with me? Am I misunderstanding God's authority? I want to have faith. What if it's neither? What if we're called to just press in further? What if it's this kind of healing only comes through prayer and fasting? When the disciples went to cast out the demons and they couldn't, they came back to Jesus and said, what do we do? Well, this, maybe we just need to press in more. Maybe these are, there's a spiritual warfare that in our culture we don't commonly identify, that there's strongholds, and then if there's strongholds or opposition, then it's fair to assume that the Lord would give us strategy and power to combat them. But it doesn't negate the fact that we have to take arms and step into it. Um, Interesting side note that I noticed when reading in Revelation is uh, 
that like talking about the, the new heaven, the new earth, and the church that uh, receives the inheritance, that some of those that didn't receive, they, they said they didn't have courage. And that was really interesting to me because I think it takes a real courage to say, Lord, I don't believe, but help me believe. Lord, I'm feeling, I'm despairing, right? It, it's, it's easier to just say, well, must not be meant to be. But there's, a, you know, there's still this gripping of you that says, something needs to be done here. So I want to tell a story, and I want to get into um, praying. You know, as we get into this second worship set, I just believe God has some really practical things to pour out and some, some big picture words for people. But um, maybe four-ish years ago, I really felt the Lord stirring me to make a change, a big change in life. I couldn't really identify it. I thought we might be moving. Um, and I just, second worship set, I went forward, and I was over here somewhere. And uh, Shar gave me a word from Joshua that said, be strong and courageous, uh, 1, 8 or 1, 9, whatever verse that is, and and so I'm holding on to this and praying, Lord, what, is it, what does this mean? Like, I know there's this shift coming, and I know I need to be strong and courageous, and how do I step into that? And I'm praying through it and praying through it. And so I felt like he gave me 21 days, 21 days. I'm going to pray about this for 21 days. So Jen and I are praying 21 days. Lord, what's going on? No, no big breakthrough. I had a sense that he was shifting, uh, shifting things for me in the workplace. My primary calling, my great commission is the workplace. So I'm praying into it, praying into it. 21 days later on Sunday, second worship set, I don't go forward. I'm just in the back kind of, Lord, I'm expecting something today, kind of, I don't know. Uh, and Roberta Englehart gives me a Roberta Englehart word written out. <laughs> and it's in her words, but it's pretty darn close to that same Bible verse. Almost exactly, but... It was more of a picture she had had, and she just wrote it out, and I don't think she necessarily wrote that. It sounds a lot like this verse. But that was what I needed to take a step, and I think I had three job offers in the next week, and it was the Lord's will. And since then, he's poured out a lot of vision for how to carry out his kingdom in the workplace. And sometimes it's... <coughs> um, Standing upright in ways where there's legal matters at hand. It's been some major things that way that I've dealt with in the last year that I would have never expected. Um, maybe sometimes it's just dealing with integrity and admitting faults and just saying, something's wrong here, it looks like our fault, I'm going to do everything I can to make it better. And sometimes it's um, pushing to make the business successful. And... Those are like easily identify employee ways, but then God gives all these opportunities to pray for nearly every one of my coworkers and different people at different times or people we do business with. And it's everything stops and there's a moment in time where, can we pray together? Is that all right with you? I'm a praying man and I've, here's a testimony that relates to this. And would that be all right? Yeah, yeah. And I don't. I would just say that God wants us to be able to establish his kingdom and his righteousness and his 
in his ways in all areas of what we're doing. And if a lot of our time is going to work and then outside of work, um, it's not, none of them are mutually exclusive, right? It's when you go, here where, here's where you are. When you go to this city, if they receive you, if you start at a job and it's going well and you can do more because God seems to be blessing you there, and then there's somewhere to volunteer or with what you're doing with your kids at home if you're a parent or whatever the case may be. But it, it's everything. And it's okay to not feel it in everything. But we're called to take heart and press into God and say, Lord, I feel you doing something here. What's going on? And so for the... For the creativity that is going to come out of this place. For the worship songs that are going to come out of this place. For the businesses that are coming out of this place. For the righteous examples of marriage and parenthood. For the miracles and the signs and wonders and the healings and the prophecy that are going to come out of this place. That do come out of this place now. That the Lord is continuing to give vision and breathe on. We gotta, we're called to watch and pray and take heart. And as, so something that the Lord's been challenging me on in this is who, what, these words like Shar and Roberta gave me. I've got a list of them, and a lot of them are very similar. And the Lord says, well, I've said these things about you, and I can give practical examples of how they play out in my everyday life. But the point is, is who does he say I am? So I'm, I'm in prayer, God is holy. Your kingdom come. Give me what I need today, Lord. Okay, here's what you need today. Who are you? Well, this, you know, this, I'm not feeling so hot today. This stuff hasn't been going. No, no, who do I say you are? Okay, now say it about yourself. Now, who, what about these people you're called to co-labor with? Your friends from church, your co-workers? Who are they? Who do I say they are? Well, this is who you say they are. Well, now you need to tell them that. So when I see my brother or my sister stepping out in something, maybe it's a baby step, or maybe they've taken a step and they haven't been well received, or it's not, they're not seeing the fruit of it yet. Part of, uh, you know, I get to help be a mouthpiece to declare the truth about them. So I want to challenge you to, if there's things in your heart, desires in your heart, or just things that you see that you're like, Man, this, a new heaven and a new earth, this would be different. To pray into it and ask God to speak to you on your role in that. And then beyond that, when you see others whose role is to establish the area that they've been given and the area that they are called to advance God's kingdom, set a reminder on your phone. Do something simple. Write a note where you look every day. Whatever. Encourage them. Hey, don't forget, you're a healer. Remember that time you prayed for someone and God healed them? That wasn't a one-time thing. I'm praying for you, right? So I want to pray and ask the worship team to come back up. And I would just encourage you, we've got folks here that can pray for you. I'd, I encourage you to have your ears open to, if you get a word for someone else, to declare it. But 
there's a lot of us that have things that are going to be, we know we're called to, and maybe we're not there yet, or we say, God, your kingdom to be established in a more firm and powerful way would call me to uh, step forward more. So I just, I just want to encourage you to just start taking a step and say this is where God's called me. And if this step hits a roadblock, shake the dust off and keep going. But we have to go to the Father and get the vision first of why we're doing it. And then every time we're losing the vision, we go back to the Father because that's, without that, it's all pointless. None of it matters. Uh, one other thing is that in this, and nowhere does Jesus say, or can you find in Scripture that's like that we're to just kind of be the victim of our circumstances. It doesn't mean that we fight everything or have to control everything, but it also means that if it's something hard, that our Father has what we need to bear through that. And if it's something we're called to change, it might not be easy. But that doesn't mean we just throw up our arms or that God's goodness can't come in it. So, Lord, I just pray this morning that your spirit would speak. Lord, for those of us that have areas that we've just, we're despairing in or we've lost hope, I just pray that you would give vision and set the joy before us. Show us the victory that you have for eternity that we can step into and we can establish your kingdom by co-laboring with you in the present. Lord, pour out your spirit. I just ask for dreams. I just ask for words. And I ask for a, an un, uh, unsatisfaction in when those dreams and, and those visions and those words, when we recognize them. Lord, I just ask that you would give an unsatisfaction the, the, that we would groan and wait for you to be revealed, for your kingdom, for your sons that would cause us to take action. So Lord, we love you. We ask for you to speak and spur hearts this morning. In Jesus' name.